In the name of one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel today offers faith in the place of fear, hope in the place of despair, and certainly um, belonging for those. Uh, faith in the place of fear, hope uh, in the place of despair are, are longings that we can identify with um, in our own lives. And we see, along with these gifts given to us through the Gospel, this faith in the place of fear, this hope in the place of despair, we see, along with those amazing gifts given to you and to me, also uh, what is revealed about God and His character and relationship with you and with me. We see in both of the miraculous healings, we see God's personal attention and concern to individuals. We see God's power moving in hopeless situations, and we see that the um, normal limitations um, that seem to apply um, do not apply to Jesus uh, and do not apply um, when he is on the scene. Uh, years ago, back uh, in seminary, when I uh, served the first summer, uh, they have you serve as a hospital chaplain before they take the training wheels off. They send you out um, for a few months. And I remember uh, one evening, one of my first evenings um, on call, I, I, I prayed that um, God would sort of direct me, guide me, um, that, that I might be of service to him on that particular evening. And um, that, that prayer didn't go unanswered. Um, as any number of things um, arose on that particular evening, but one I remember um, vividly. And I received a call uh, from the daughter of a man who was there in the hospital. And she asked me if I would go and say last rites for her father. And I'd actually uh, met him previously, uh, making some rounds and visiting some different folks. But um, her request to me to go and uh, offer last rites, I, I confess, uh, gave me a certain amount of um, fear and anxiety. And, and the reason I say that, I mean, one, I was, I was green and I was new, but um, also it's, it's fairly pastorally insensitive if a person is feeling better um, and you go and you, you offer last rites. And so I said, you know, let me go and see how he's doing. Um, I tell you what, as soon as we hang up, I, I assure you I'll go um, and, and I'll pray and, and I'll go and, and check in with him. And in fact, uh, after I... Um, go and, and visit. I'll, uh, I'll touch base with you uh, a little later this evening and let you know, let you know what I found. And so I went um, to his room, and, and as I went to his room, the, the lights were dim. Just that one sort of night light above the bed was on, and I went and stood next to his bed and uh, began to pray, um, silently began to pray uh, aloud for him as well. And, and I confess that as I was there um, praying for him, I, I, I began to be... Um, a little anxious, and my anxiety was this. I thought, you know, Lord, I, you know, I have nowhere else to be tonight. I'm not in any particular hurry, but um, I don't want this poor guy to think, I wish this guy would go already. Um, help me know um, how long I should stay. Help me know um, when to go. And, and, I, and I continued to uh, stand next to his bed and, and, and pray and sort of uh, inwardly um, wring my hands. And, and as I prayed, he, he reached up and he, and he grasped my hand uh, and held my hand. I thought, you know, uh, thank you, Lord. You you know that basically you need to talk to me slowly um, so that I get it. So thank you for that sort of tremendous uh, encouragement there. I guess I should stay um, a little longer and sort of as as before, as he as he held my hand, I continued uh, to pray for him uh, both silently and, and pray for him 
aloud as well. And, and after a little while, I, you know, again, I hate to say it, but I got a little, gosh, I, you know, uh, Lord, you know the deal. Nowhere else knows to be, but I don't want this poor guy to think he has to hold my hand all night. You know, let me know, you know, when is it time for me to go? How long um, should I stay? And shortly after um, I, I prayed that prayer, I reached up with his other hand and he went like this. Um, and I just thought, oh. Thank you. Um, cue I couldn't miss. Uh, thank you, Lord. Um, thank you, Lord, for that one. And, and I share that with you, but obviously it, uh, it, it stands out of my mem- memory. It was humorous uh, uh, in, in, in some ways, and I, and I appreciate that. But it was also very uh, moving as well. And, and the reason I, I say that is, is this. In that, uh, in that uh, simple gesture, uh, there, was, there was the very definite and, I believe, unmistakable um, answer to prayer. Uh, and in that answer to prayer, um, that which is true of God was made known to me. That which is true and revealed in the gospel placed before us this morning was made known to me as well. Is that God, um, while he is um, the almighty God, um, the creator of heaven and earth, while he is greater than grander than we can begin to imagine, though he is not able to be uh, controlled or encapsulated by you and by me, uh, at the same time he's a God that has personal attention uh, and care for you and for me, uh, and His grace and His love and His mercy. He is simultaneously um, almighty and powerful, and at the same time, um, compassionate uh, and interested uh, in individuals as small as myself, individuals um, as small as you as well. God has a knowledge um, of our lives, and He gives attention um, and concern to them. And as I share that with you, we see that certainly in the gospel placed before us, in this fifth chapter of Mark's gospel, there are, um, we, we read about two, but um, three times uh, in this short chapter, um, Jesus um, acts in ways which are miraculous. And not only does he act in ways which are miraculous, but he acts in situations that without him are completely hopeless. And we see that while um, different, there is a similarity in both of the stories of healing, which we hear this morning. In in both situations, um, all human efforts um, have been exhausted. Uh, And there is no um, further help uh, other than God himself reaching into this particular situation to um, give faith in the place of fear, to give hope uh, in the place of despair. And we see um, the Jairus, a leader in that particular community, we, we see the fear, we see the anxiety, we see the despair of the individual and in that he comes and doesn't care about um, appearances, doesn't care what people think. He throws himself down um, at the feet of Jesus and says, uh, if you've got to help me. Uh, You've you've got to do something. I I know uh, and I've heard that you can do something. My daughter um, is going to die. Uh, And so he he begs um, Jesus. He implores Jesus. He he pleads with him to enter into this particular situation, to do something about this particular situation. And once again, we see Jesus' personal attention and concern. uh, And that he, it's kind of a, a simple detail, but we hear in the text that Jesus went with him. Um, that Jesus um, heard um, his request. He saw um, his despair. And, and in his mercy, we see that Jesus goes um, with him to the place uh, where his daughter lay. And as they're on their way, of course, you hear as well of the, the interruption uh, which happens. But once again, God's 
grace, his compassion, his concern, um, doesn't see it as an interruption. As he's moving through the crowd, of course, we hear that this woman who had suffered uh, enormously, not simply um, physically. We, we hear, yes, that she had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years. Uh, and not only had she suffered from that, but she had exhausted all of her finances uh, and the efforts to cure it. And not only had she exhausted all of her finances, not only was she not better, but she was worse um, than when she began. And, and not as if all that um, were not enough, but also within that particular society, she would be considered ceremonially uh, unclean as well. And while that may not sound like much to you and to me, what that would mean is she would be cut off um, from society. She'd be cut off. Um, from the synagogue, she'd be cut off um, from interaction with other people. She would be, in essence, isolated. She uh, was in a place of tremendous um, despair. And in her despair, we see that she comes believing that if she could just simply touch the edge of Jesus's garment, um, then there might be hope. Uh, then there might be something in her life uh, beyond fear, something in her life beyond despair. And of course, we we read how she touches his hymn. And surely uh, the disciples must have been confused when Jesus stops and said, someone touched me. They, you can just hear them saying, well, you know, not to be a smart aleck, Jesus, but yeah, uh, we're, we're in a crowd. There's 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 lots of people. Around you. Of course, someone touched you. But the recognition that power um, had gone out for him, the recognition um, that healing had gone forth from him. And, and the significance, uh, I believe, uh, is is this. And it's good news to you and to me and, and, and that is this, Jesus could have easily dispatched a miracle and moved on uh, and that that would have been no small thing um, to say the least, she could have experienced um, physical healing and what a phenomenal relief that would have been for her we, we can only begin to imagine um, what a tremendous relief that would be to her, but what we see wonderfully is Jesus uh, just didn't want to do something um, but he wanted to enter into a relationship with someone uh, and we see um, that he stops to find out who it was that touched him, not um, not to shame her, uh, not to uh, rebuke her, um, but to invite her into the fullness of healing and restoration that is available in him alone. Because we see uh, in his words to her, not only is she healed physically, but she's healed emotionally and spiritually as well. Your faith um, has made you well. We hear that she um, that she walks away. We see God's willingness um, to be interrupted by uh, a person's individual concern. We see the power which goes forth. We see the new life which is made available in him. And we hear as well that as he has stopped, as he has paused with this particular individual, that word comes unto Jairus to not bother the teacher any longer for his daughter um, is dead. And of course, uh, in Jesus' response to Jairus, inviting him um, to faith and belief instead of fear, we hear that Jesus um, is mocked by the realists of the world. Um, you know, it's, it's over. Um, there's nothing more um, that could be done. We all know how this is going to play out. We all see um, the reality before us. But the amazing thing, of course, is that with Jesus, there's a greater reality present um, than the suffering, than the trials. There's a greater reality present for us even than death, because we know that through the cross and the resurrection, Jesus has defeated um, even that for you and for me, and that ultimately our reality is one of hope. Um, our reality uh, is one of faith. Our reality is one of assurance rather than fear, rather than despair, rather than disbelief. And because this is founded not on yours and my accomplishments or merits, but on his. And Jesus goes 
uh, and he speaks those words um, to the little girl. Little girl, uh, gently, compassionately, kind. Little girl, I tell you, um, arise. And we hear not only um, that she uh, is healed, but she has something to eat to display to us that this healing, this restoration, uh, is not partial, but it's complete uh, and it is full. We see in the lesson placed before us this day that the power um, and the authority uh, of Jesus um, over um, all sorts of things which befall us. We see not simply power and authority, but we also see his kindness. We see his compassion. We see his individual concern um, for you and for me. And we see um, that the limitations which we so often see do not apply to him. As I began, I shared with you um, that story of of a time when God wonderfully, powerfully, unmistakably um, responded um, to my prayers, uh, brought genuine um, faith and and hope uh, into a situation. And and surely there have been any number of times in my life, and not mine alone, but where uh, my prayers seem to have gone unanswered, or certainly they weren't answered as I would like for them to have been answered. Um, However... um, Jesus gives to you and to me um, hope and assurance when we understand uh, and when we don't understand, when things are are perfectly clear uh, and when things are unclear. Why? Because we see who he is in relationship with us. He's one who's come forth into the world um, with power um, to give to us faith, to give um, to us hope, to give to us a certainty that all the trials and tribulations of this life cannot take away. And we see not only has he come forth into the world with tremendous power, but with a concern uh, for individuals like you and me. And he comes and he calls us into relationship um, with himself. And we see that in the instance of um, the woman who goes unnamed, we see in the instance of Jairus, when we come to him, when we um, bring to him the, the fears, the anxieties, the cares Uh, and concerns of our lives, our our doubts, our uncertainties. Uh, We see um, his gracious response to us. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know us collectively and individually. You know the the things which concern us, the things um, which bind us, the things which strike fear into our hearts and our lives. Lord, we pray that uh, as we have heard this morning... That you, in your gracious love and mercy, that you would respond to us, that you would draw us to yourself, that we might find the fullness of life made available in you alone. And as we ask these prayers, we do so, and the hope and the assurance knowing who you are in relationship with us. And we ask these things in your name, the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.